Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. You know what's even more contagious than a virus? Emotions. There's a term in leadership literature called emotional contagion, and that explains how our feelings and our perceptions become a reality that are manifested in our personalities. So in this crisis leadership podcast, we'll cover a tremendously simple and powerful tool that anyone can use to assess their core personality traits. It's called the Big Five, and you won't want to miss it. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Um, In several of my previous crisis leadership podcasts, I mentioned the importance of personality and the critical nature of it in dealing with teams and especially in dealing with navigating out of a crisis. So during my second year of classes for my PhD, I had a class titled Personality and Developmental Theory. And in that class, I was exposed to a test called the Big Five Personality Test. And it's an incredibly um, powerful tool. I had not heard of it before. And many of you listening have probably done DISC, Strength Finders, Standout 2.0, Myers-Briggs. So this is a little bit different. Um, The Big Personality, the Big Five Personality Test, you stack up in five major dimensions of your personality. And there's an acronym that it goes along with called OCEAN. O-C-E-A-N. And in this podcast, we're going to break down each one of those. So O stands for openness. C stands for conscientiousness. E stands for extroversion. A stands for agreeableness. And N stands for neuroticism. But it's really widely used amongst organization because it's really considered a very robust way to describe personality differences. And anybody in leadership knows the importance of personalities. It's really not more about processes and procedures and more about how people can interact with one another. And you've heard of my previous podcast, the ILT, the IFT, the least preferred coworker. It's all about, do we bring out the best in each other or do we bring out the worst in each other? So this big five personality test, people really love it because it doesn't create boxes for you to put yourself into, but rather it gives you a continuum. It gives you a spread. Uh, For instance, O with openness. You take a couple questions and answer them and you get a score and you're either going to score high in openness, low in openness, or somewhere in the middle. And neither of of it is right or wrong. It just tells you your personality, where you kind of fall on this spectrum. And we're going to kind of cover each of these personality traits and why it's so important for, especially when navigating a crisis, um, how you dial into what people's personalities are. So let's go ahead and get started with this. So the first one, as I said, for Ocean was O. And O stands for openness to new experiences. So if you have employees in your organization that are scoring high in this O trade, that's wonderful because they're going to look at what's going on right now. And a crisis, it's uncertain, it's unknown, it's sudden, it's unexpected. And people that tend to score high and open to new experiences, even if it's a bad experience, they're going to be okay with it. All right. People that really only like routine and can't really um, show up and, and, and get handed something new without it really 
really unsettling them, they're going to really struggle with the crisis because it's going to deviate from the norm. So if you score low in O, that means that you like relatively routine work. And you've probably noticed on the team, some people eat challenges and new things up. Other people, it really throws them into a, a tailspin. So this is a great test to give everyone so you can see who really likes learning new stuff and who doesn't. And a lot of times, followers will sit there and say, oh, no, 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 I'm open. But, you know, they're saying that because they think you want to hear it. So my father in his book, Life is Tremendous, um, said in one of the laws of experience, the laws of leadership was exposure to experience. And what that meant is that we are all born with an empty key ring on our side. And every experience that we get in life gives us another key. And it doesn't matter if that experience is good, bad, or ugly. Whether you were wildly successful or a failure, experience breeds confidence and it makes you more open to new things. And I love this quote that I heard, it says the quickest way to success is to cram 50 years of failure into 15. So if you score high in openness to new experiences, you're going to be fairly risk tolerant. You're going to look at anything that comes your way and be like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. And in a previous podcast, I talked about perceived self-efficacy. And perceived self-efficacy means that you have the confidence and the robustness that whatever happens... I may not know how I'm going to navigate this uh, crisis, but you know what? I'm pretty confident in my ability to figure it out. So I would score pretty high in my openness uh, scale on that continuum. But I want to tell you something. When I was younger, I was not open to new experiences. I was very fearful. Um, I liked routine. And so please understand, as you look at this test, openness is something that as you go through life, if you are open to gaining more experiences, that grows your openness continuum. So the more experiences you get, the more high your openness is going to be. So never be afraid to, um, to take different things and take a risk because at the very least, you're going to build this very robust trait of openness, which is really important. And it's really important in today's world because you just don't know what's going to happen. We do great plans. We do great strategies. But in the end, there's a lot of the unknowns and openness enables you to go out, be able to handle that. Okay, so that was O. The next trait in ocean in the big five is conscientiousness. Mm. I love conscientiousness. I was always in fields in the military, high tech, defense contracting, that you had to be very conscientious. And when you have a high trait of conscientious, that means you follow through. You get stuff done. You don't have to have somebody come and check your work. You have, um, you're the good soldier, okay? You have a responsibility that when somebody gives you a task, you're going to go ahead and do it. One of the greatest books I ever read on this was called A Message to Garcia. That's on our website. You can check it out if you want. But it really says when somebody gives you a task, you just do it. Conscientiousness is really your habits, okay? If you don't know how to do something, you know what? You're going to dig in. You're going to figure out a way. And leaders love followers that do this. You're going to have that grit, that tenacity. If something doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, I didn't fail. I just found another way that doesn't work. So leaders, when you're navigating out of a crisis, there's so many things everybody's going to be trying to do, and you're going to need people to just keep trying and figuring it out on their own. They're going to have to be pretty autonomous. And so people that score high in conscientiousness are going to be ones that you're really going to relish their behaviors as they're finding ways to get out of the crisis. On the flip side, if you have people that score low on this, this is a trait that cannot exist in top-notch organizations. If you have to constantly follow up on people or prod them along or or um, let them know everything's going to be okay, that's not going to work in a crisis because in a crisis, it's all hands on deck. They need to show up, 
salute, serve, and say, uh, boss, where do you need me? Okay, so conscientiousness, see where they score on that, and there's ways that they can do this. Again, I could not have been successful in the military or in any of my very highly um, regulated fields if I weren't conscientious, okay? Maybe some other free-form career fields, you can kind of do things in your own time, but conscientiousness is required for everybody that's navigating out of a crisis, all right? So that's openness, conscientiousness, and the next trait is one of my all-time favorites. The next trait, E, stands for extroversion. Now, this is slightly different than being an extrovert or an introvert, okay? You have always all probably taken a test, and did you know that most of us are actually a blend of the two? And if you're a blend between an introvert or an extrovert, they call you an ambivert. And many of you would probably be surprised to know that I am a 51% extrovert, but I'm a pretty high introvert too. I'm 49%. So I can be just as happy on the road traveling for weeks speaking as opposed to staying home for four weeks, having to shelter in place and just regroup here. All right. But extroversion is when you bring that extroversion of yourself. It's that atmosphere. It's that uh, mojo that you bring. And just like there's ordinary and extraordinary, there's a version of yourself, but extroversion is when you bring that extroversion of yourself. Okay. Atmosphere doesn't just come out of nowhere. Somebody has to bring atmosphere. And when somebody sits there and says, my work stinks, I want to say, no kidding, because that's what you're bringing to the table. Okay, so extroversion is all about bringing that um, atmosphere, that positivity, that sense of optimism. In one of my previous uh, podcasts, I talked about one of the roles of leadership in a crisis is as a savior. And that is where they let them know, you know what, you need to have hope, you need to have resiliency. And that really is what extroversion is all about. So you get in there and you want to find followers and co-leaders and team members that bring the positivity into it. When I studied the organization that went through the merger that went south, there were some people that scored very high on this, some people that didn't score high. But extroversion, the beauty of it is extroversion is catching. And so when you as leaders manifest more of this, this is contagious and will catch on to other people. Okay, so that's extroversion. The next trait is A, and that stands for agreeableness. And agreeableness really is your sense of empathy, your sense of compassion. We also talked about the leader needing to show people that they care. This is, these are your emotional intelligence traits, okay? And it's really important, especially when you're going through a crisis. Man, it's all hands on deck, but you need to really monitor people's distress. Some people are going through this pandemic and they're like, Got it. No problem. Other people are really in a state of duress. It's hitting everybody in a different way. So you want to make sure that you dial in your agreeableness, your sense of compassion, your sense of checking in with your people. That's why it's so cool. People have been doing Zoom calls. People that haven't talked in years are really checking in on each other. That is so important because people need to know that you care before they know what you care, what you know. Okay. Agreeableness is really important. Lastly, OCEAN, O-C-E-A and N, N stands for, as I said, neuroticism, which is a really fancy word for negativity, okay? And so when people say you're being completely neurotic, that's actually a technical term, all right? Now, neuroticism is just, most of you know this, it's ruminating. Ruminating means you think about something like 10 years ago, somebody did you wrong and you still can't get over it. 10 years ago, your boss did you wrong and every boss is going to pay the price. Six months ago, somebody called 
caught you uh, cut you off in traffic you're going to pay the price 15 years ago somebody broke up with you badly and boy everybody so you just can't let it go you stress you worry you pick fights you're hostile okay it's stinking thinking and so I tell people when you get this adversarial this fretting personality you're so fearful about everything and you're PO'd. You're just mad all the time. And we've all dealt with people like this. This is so difficult. And this is a terrible trait. It has no business in a good organization, let alone a crisis organization. Because that negativity, that fearfulness is only going to make things worse. We need to be bold to get out of a crisis. Not reckless, but bold. So you need to watch for what we call the stinking thinking. And I call people that are high-end, rather than telling them, hey, your attitude really sucks, I tell them, you're a really high-end personality. They tend to take that a little better. But but I heard an acronym called you're a cave person cave people citizens against virtually everything so we again people that have this terribly high negativity that really is people that just no matter what even if you told them hey the sun's gonna come out tomorrow they would still be incredibly negative about it so you want to make sure that people that have this neurotic trait you bring it to their attention and you give them ways that they need to deal with this so this does not infect your organization because this will this stress your body can catch a disease in the mind and if you stay in this negative ruminative state it can actually make you sick and we are trying to get better as an organization and an organization is only as healthy as the people so stop these emotional vampires in their tracks and make sure that you let them know neuroticism the trait of neuroticism take this test some people are just coded to have this critical spirit let them know and let them know there's ways that they can channel that they need to come out of that and turn that neuroticism into extroversion Okay, so just summing it up, ocean, openness to new experience, uh, conscientiousness, E is for extroversion, A is for agreeableness, and N is for neuroticism. I would encourage you to take the free online test, find out where you stand, share it with your team, and find out where your team stands too. Um, because you're going to discover ways you can adapt, and our personalities are works in progress. We should want to hone and adapt our personalities. Just because you start at a particular place on this continuum, you want to actually get better in the first four traits and lower in neuroticism. And that's that's the part about being a better leader, being a better teammate, being a better parent, a better spouse, being a better human being. We need to hone and develop our personalities to be the best version of ourselves so we can then fit in and be the greatest potential participant in our organization. So thanks again for joining us. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you do us the honor of giving us a five-star review, we'd be so grateful for that. And check us out at TremendousLeadership.com. We've got incredible information, personal development, motivational leadership. And also, I just want to share one last thing about the big five. I love the big five so much that I actually wrote a kid's book about the big five, okay? Because I think you're never too young to learn about how your personality can help you be a better friend, a better kid, a better student, a better everything. The more we learn that we own our personalities and we are responsible for the energy that we bring into the space, the earlier we learn that, the more we can work on it and the more tremendous our lives can become. So thanks again. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.